Everyone looks. I'm so it's weird. We haven't seen each other in probably like a month or longer. And the first time is on camera. <laughs> All my excitement is gonna show. It's gonna be like you, you just you wait. Hi, this is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and liberate your consciousness. Yay! Hi, friends! Oh my gosh! (laughs) Okay. This is so exciting. This is so exciting. <laughs> I'm here with one of my favorite people, Helen Vonderheide. Lily Marks. Talking about all things Akashic Records, healing. Honestly, we're going to speak off the cuff. Yeah. And share a little bit about what we do. And uh, I'm really excited to hear your your feelings. We're, we're friends. We're colleagues. You're my teacher. <laughs> Um, so I'm excited to do this live and deep cuts for Liberate Hollywood. Yeah. Yes. So this is a deep cuts episode. Um, deep cuts is where practitioners basically sidebar and go into some of the deeper topics, um, questions or themes that, um, the world faces. And then as practitioners, how we can be of support. So this is Lily Marks and Helen Vonderheide's Deep Cuts. So, Lily, why don't you start off by telling everyone who you are and what you do? Okay. Well, I'm Lily Everything. Marks. I'm Lily Marks. We're, we have a lot of cameras going at once. So, um, who am I? I am an Akashic Records reader and practitioner, as well as an energy healer. I do clearings in the subconscious mind. Um, in my practice, I combine the two, um, sometimes doing clearings with the records open, sometimes each individually. Um, my intention with it all is that when we have clarity on our lives, um, Sometimes that works as confirmation for our hunches, our worries, our insecurities about the future, and we can get confirmation from the unseen, like the Akasha. And then once with we have that clarity, then clearing the energy such that the path is open and we can receive what's meant for us in this mm, lifetime. I love that. And, but separate of being a light worker, you are also an artist. I am. I am a writer as well as a trained actress. Um, and for much of my life before I reached the Akashic Records and all of the, my healing modalities, um, I was, I was a creative. Aww. Yeah. I want to hear about how you bring the two of those together. But one thing that you talked about or just mentioned that I really love is supporting the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what does that mean? Like if someone was coming to this for the first time, mm-hmm. what would that mean for someone new? Okay. So I love your questions, by the way. And then and I, I want to hear you. So, so I, I'll, I'm going to answer that. But I, what I realized is we both approach the same subject from different angles. Uh-huh. So after I explain what it means to me, I want to hear what it means to you. Okay. So when I say the subconscious mind, um, I'm talking about energy 
that's unseen for us. So our whole reality comes from the unconscious mind. 5% is conscious. So there's a lot going on Mm. that we can't see. Limiting beliefs, past lives, energy in our field that we pick up from other people that we meet along the way, Mm -hmm. traumatic experiences, both in this life and past lives, Mm -hmm. um, ancestral patterns. And that's making Mm -hmm. up um, essentially like I see it as our energy field. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we're not conscious of it, but it affects us on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. So when I refer to the unconscious, I I mean that. Mm -hmm. Programming in the brain and Mm -hmm. in our... That's imprinted in us. Mm -hmm. Um, Does that answer your question? It does. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's interesting. It it also reminds me... So Yaron and I did a deep cuts. And one of the things that he was talking about and what Dolores Cannon also talks about is this like subconscious mind, which, which has this intelligent, this like supreme intelligence, like it holds everything. And then when he facilitates his session, um, for a person to kind of come into awareness of maybe like their, their themes or their lessons, or, you know, whatever the enlightened perspective is, um, he basically will tune, they will tune into their higher self. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a lot of what you're talking about, touching base on it kind of reminds me of some of the things that we were talking about too. Yeah. And I feel the same way. And, um, and a really easy way for me to describe it to people is it's kind of like, (laughs) it's like your cell phone and it's when the location services is like on, you know, and it's like, it kind of is like tracking everything and it's like definitely taking up space. Don't make me think your phone is always listening to you. <laughs> it's always hearing you. <laughs> but, but that's the subconscious. Like it, it's always listening. It's always impressing. It's always like programming. You know, it knows what's, what's safe or what's okay. You know, oh, alert there. That's dangerous or whatever. So it, it makes so much sense that the healing work that you do really kind of like is like kind of getting into the roots of this like subconscious to create these clearings yeah. for people. It's 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 so funny because in my interview with Christina on the Liberate podcast, we were talking about how all of this energy is unseen. Mm-hmm. It's like a spiritual Wi-Fi. And when we want to access it, we can type something into Google and we can get the answers. We can call on our guides, our masters, teachers, and loved ones. And she was equating it to, you know, I don't know how the cell phone works, but I know it's working when I call <laughs> someone like across an ocean. Um, I wanted to ask you, because when you go into someone's records, wouldn't you say that in a way, it's not the subconscious, but you're working with the unseen. Yes. So how would you describe that or the difference? Because it is that it's like the, the soul's knowing or, you know, in a way it's yeah. kind of the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love this question because there is a, pr- like a little pr- daily practice that I do every morning. And what I do is I tune into my higher self And I ask, and the way that I do that is I call, I kind of like call upon it three times and then Mm -hmm. I hear it answer me. And I started to investigate this communication. Like, Mm -hmm. where is this coming from? Like, how are you connected to me? 
And what was revealed to me is, you know, the higher self is an extension of the human self. Um, it has an elevated perspective of our life. Um, but it acts as an intermediary between my master's teachers and loved ones that sometimes I can't ordinarily access. I can't access them the way that I do with this pathway that I use. So like when I'm trying to just access them intuitively, I actually don't get the like gusto of them. So what happens is my higher self acts as my messenger. It's like kind of like delivering the messages and things that I need. So Ask your question one more time. Ask my question one more time. My question was, when you ask me about the subconscious, how do you think that applies with the records? Because in a way it's unseen. Right. And we could could argue your guides and your masters and teachers of loved ones are a part of your subconscious. They're not, but they are. Yes, yeah. So the way that I I see it is um, not that... So I want to talk about like vibration and frequency and energy. And when there is matter attached to like vibrate vibration and frequencies, um, it basically, there's like a scale, right. Of like how, how high or how medium or low or whatever. And it doesn't mean anything is like good or bad. The masters, teachers, and loved ones, they are non-physical. They have like no attachment, no physical body. They, they act as one. And so their vibration is really high. They have this like very huge perspective of like, I feel like the destiny of the soul, probably like future Mm -hmm. lifetimes, but then the higher self, it it's, it's connected to the physical human. And so that the elevation of that vibration is a little bit lower to earth, but also still very elevated. So when I'm working in the records with this unseen energy, what I feel is I kind of like blast through all of these like layers of vibration and frequency. And I try to attain the highest, lightest perspective I can to guide someone but also need to make really sure that whatever that guidance and insight is, it is like grounded enough for a human being to apply it. Because sometimes, as you know, they talk in metaphor and they say the weirdest things. Oh my gosh, I know. I know. It's like, oh my God, you guys don't even know what it's like to be human. Yeah. And like some of them do and some of them really don't. Mm -hmm. So I always try to like find this balance. Like always, I feel like I'm always working with a balance. Yeah. So yeah, I feel also like what I do is I work, I help people see what they can't see in like this unseen sphere because it is non-physical. Is it separate from them? In, and, and, and this is something I, I, I know because ultimately it doesn't matter because we experience the experience and it's, coming from something that's attached to the human being. Mm -hmm. But this unseen energy, especially in the Kashuk records, what is your theory? Do you think that it's, it's an energy that's separate from the human or do you think that you're tapping into their field? They, they always say, um, we are one, you Mm -hmm. know, a lot of the times when they're talking, they address someone as dear one or like sweet one or, you know, whatever they want to say, So they always address us as one, like we are you, you are us. That being said, if I as a human being, I'm experiencing self-abandonment, 
my availability to be a part of that oneness is affected. In other words, if I'm experiencing states of self-abandonment, like, you know, I don't want to go there. I don't want to look this. I don't want to deal with it. It makes it a little bit harder for me to connect into the oneness of like all things. Yeah. I'll still get little fragments and pieces, but, but if I'm not fully like within myself, then my access to everything is a little, you know, I wouldn't say limited, but you know, it's a little bit less. It's harder to hear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I definitely relate to that both when doing Akashic readings and the energy clearing that when a client resonates, even if I'm talking about something that's a totally different lifetime, they don't know why, but they're brought to tears. And it's because somewhere inside of them, they know it to be the truth. But we as humans, and I know, you know, it's easier to step back from the painting because with myself, it's sometimes harder to see. Yeah. But, but that energy field is in them somewhere because Mm -hmm. they can feel it. And Mm -hmm. I know with myself too, um, when something makes sense, it just makes sense. Uh, that's sort of what what you just said like brings up in me is that um, we choose to detach, or at least I have cho- in the past chosen to, what was the word you said? Not disassociate, but self-abandonment mm-hmm. or, you know, and, 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 and going for a healing or going for a reading, the purpose is sometimes realignment Yeah, to hear, oh, these are my soul level truths that resonates. So ultimately I already knew that, but hearing it from you makes me own it or mm-hmm. something or like find it again. Um, and then sometimes totally the opposite, the records say something totally nutso. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends up being right too. Um, do you have any stories about the record saying things that were are crazy and then living it out and they ended up being like totally on point? Well, yeah, my personal my biggest personal experience to date is when so when I took the manifesting course with Linda back in 2015, um I, they were showing me, it was like the discover course and the manifesting Mm -hmm. course. And they were showing me that I would see working in the records and then, you know, having my producing experiences too. And they kept saying that they're one, they're one. And I was like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. And now finally, after what it's been like three years or something or four years, they like 100% have like merged into like one. And Mm -hmm. I, I specifically remember telling them like, you guys are crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no way these two things are one. They're so separate and different. But then when it starts to come together, you're like, whoa, that's crazy. You guys were right. And we're so impatient because we think, you know, know. we want to see it now versus three years is not that long yeah. to ultimately be seeing the fruits of yeah. your patience. I'm not going to say the fruits yeah. of your labor, but the labor too. But like, yeah, just be patient and see. And the crazy thing is the way, so I, obviously I work in my records a lot, specifically for guidance and direction. 
And all of these like little steps that they've guided and directed me on have like led me to basically this like oneness of like my professional work where I couldn't see that those little steps I was taking was going to eventually merge into this. What, what choices or what allowed you to put your faith in following those little steps in the records? If nothing else, connecting with their energy would bring me so much peace. Mm. And I, I would feel so overcome with emotion. Like, um, okay, maybe not everything is perfect, you know, about this relationship that we have, Yeah. <laughs> but not only are you guys bringing me peace, but I feel seen, heard, understood. I feel loved. So like when I work in my records, I just feel this extraordinary amount of love, like coming from my chest and it's coming from them. Like we love you so much. We thank you so much. Like, you know, you're doing what you're doing because you're supporting us and basically just bringing this like peace to the world. This it's, and it's definitely an inner journey. It's an inner journey of illumination, discovery, development, growth. So you have to first come back to yourself in order to like see how all these bigger things on the path are going to come together and work. Mm. Yeah. What yeah, about you? What about me? Well, you were asking like um, for a very personal experience about how something uh, from the records might have felt a little absurd. Too per- very personal. <laughs> that felt absurd. Yeah. Um, but then was like, oh. I'm trying to think. There's been a few times, both when I've had, because I started out getting a lot of readings from you. And that's actually, this is a side note, but for anyone who's looking to be in Akashic Records or be a healer, I found that because I received so much healing, when I finally wanted to learn mm-hmm. several years ago, it was really easy for me to like mm-hmm. access it. Yeah. So I started out getting a lot of readings from you, and but also myself. And it's been little things like, it's asking about boys <laughs> and then being like no and me being like yes why not and then be like no um and then it unfolds but it's interesting because the records also mm. hold out the highest possibility and then sometimes I'm the one shutting it down and they kind of say why would you you know there have been a few things like um oppert- there was there was an opportunity that was presented to me um professionally or romantically it was a to it was uh to coach a program okay and we did a reading and I kept being like I want to do this but I don't know I don't know why but it like there's something in me that's like I, I I can't quite get myself to do it and everything looks great I love the people. I love the people in charge. It feels like the right time. And and there was like this blue light around me and my throat chakra. And there was stuff around healing. And I had totally forgotten about it. But there was just something that I couldn't pull the trigger on jumping into this experience. And then I looked back in retrospect. And I, one, found a deep part of my physical healing mm-hmm. Um, by not being a part of this because it would have taken a lot of 
rigorous energy and 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 it allowed me to heal my body in terms of mm. finding the medical medium and finding celery juice which that's a whole nother deep cut um but healing chronic illness that's lasted 10 years within the span mm. of three months really healing a chunk of it and then also on some major date conflicts I got um hand, foot, and mouth disease from my baby cousins. And when I looked back at, you're going to have some major health things, and it wasn't even a prediction, What because the Akashic records are not really about predicting. They're about guidance and clarity in the moment. But looking back, when I looked back at that last four months, when we had been looking forward, I realized, because it kind of felt like, what is, what is this? And then I looked back and I went, oh my gosh, the last four months have totally been about my healing. If I had taken that on, I would have been so stressed and, wow. and I would have been so sick at certain points that I wouldn't have been able to do it. Yeah. Um. So that, so things like that happen all the time. I don't think that I have just one. Um, Wow, that's so you know? amazing. And you know? I, I've tried to find loopholes of, well, that's not true. Maybe I wouldn't have gone to see my baby. Cut, but everything checked out. The trip was always planned. Those dates didn't conflict. There, there was, there, like, I've looked at every scenario, and I'm like, there's no possible scenario that this, it wouldn't have happened that way. Yeah. Um. So things like mm. that. I have so many stories like that. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's so amazing because it's like we are trusting in this like cosmic self. Like the the masters, teachers, and loved ones, they have this, they have this perspective like from the cosmo cosmic it's got bird's eye view. Yeah. And it's like they they can they can see these like bigger themes, maybe not all the details. They can see these bigger themes and how we're kind of being navigated. And they're like, Oh, don't go, don't go there, Helen. Like if you, if you turn here, like this will be a much smoother transition or whatever. And, and what's crazy is we like, we do trust it. And why, why do we trust it? Mm-hmm. Why do, well, I would say personally, I have, I have, did you hear that? Was that the I did hear that. I don't know. Do we think the camera clicked off? I think we might have heard the camera click okay. off. Should we get Rebecca or should we continue with the live? We should look at the camera. We're going to look gonna at the camera. We're going to check the camera. Please stay tuned. Yeah. Hold pause. <laughs> I see a couple of comments on the... Oh, no, it's totally recording. Something clicked, though. Okay. It's still recording. Amazing. <laughs> See, we're just or we're very organic. I love our off the cuff conversation. What was the question? Oh, so I for years did not trust them. For years, I did not want to be a healer. I did not want to be an intuitive. I resisted the gifts, and even in readings, I would get readings on, and I would find every way to resist and prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. And at some point, that just got tiring. <laughs> <laughs> so now that I trust it, um, I was watching you guys from the other room. I know you're still alive, so oh. <laughs> we think it's still recording. We're checking the technical. The still working. Yeah, some things. Good. So um, this is still going. This is still going. Yay! Yay! Are your phones? Thank you for tuning in, friends. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here. Okay, good. (laughs) And hello to whoever's watching on the replay. (laughs) Thanks, Rebecca. We're livers now. 
Um, so yeah, what the question was, what makes us trust? Yeah, I think I loved your answer though. Like you yeah. just, it got tiring to resist. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted peace. Yes, and I think that that for me is the biggest thing that I get out of the records is in in trusting is peace. What about you? What's the biggest thing that you get out of it? Well, one other thing I would add to that is ultimately we're going to the same place. And I think what I just realized as I matured was it felt like decisions were really huge. And if I chose one, it was going to be wrong. And now I have surrendered that. Mm -hmm. Um, The question you asked was, what's the biggest thing I get from the records? God, so much love creativity, clarity. It feels, going into the Akashic Records for me kind of feels like going, it's one of the ways as an adult to access that like imaginative um, like place you would go as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a playground in yes. a lot of ways. And it feels like a place where I really can trust and let go. So when I go into my own records, um, it's like fun and and it's comforting and calming because, and this is something I heard Linda Howe say this and I'll come back to it again and again, that after 30 years, she still wonders, will anything happen when I do this? And Linda Howe is like the mama of Akashic Records. She's a, the pro, she's the teacher of all teachers. And she even has that moment of choosing to surrender. Um, so it's 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 kind of it's a really powerful feeling to open them and go, oh wow, I can I can hear this this voice, the, my voice, so clearly, but it's not my voice, right. um, and it's the deepest feeling of of self trust mm-hmm. that I've experienced in my life. Yeah, I loved that you touched on creativity. Let's talk about that. Yes, let's talk. About yes, it. what's so what's really fun about Liberate Hollywood? It's you know their whole motto is where creativity and spirituality collide or come together. So, and Lily is a creative. She's an artist. She's a writer, a performer. I'm a producer. I'm a storyteller. Um, That's why we're friends. I know. And then we also have these you know, amazing skills to bring this work to humanity, this, you know, Akashic work, this healing work, this, you know, clearing the subconscious. So let's talk about creativity. Like how does that get woven into our lives? The first thing that comes up for me when you, when you spoke so eloquently just now is, uh, <laughs> um, if anyone knows me, I do not no, speak eloquently. That was so eloquent. <laughs> I, I was saying before our live that this is the, like the first time we're hanging out in a while. And it just feels so nice to be with Helen. Um, well, the first thing that comes up to me is the point where like spirituality, intuition, and creativity intersect. Right, there's two things that come up for me. One is that they take the same thing out of us as artists, as producers, as And then as healers, as writers, we become a vessel. Mm -hmm. And art takes such a deep amount of surrender of let me offer myself up to something bigger than myself and let it flow through me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the best acting I've ever done, and they always say, listen and respond. Healing in Akashic Records takes deep listening. And the other thing Mm -hmm. is just being the vessel. 
letting, letting the inspiration pass through me and serving the art. Yeah. And that's what we do as practitioners Mm. serve the message. Sometimes when I'm doing a reading, I don't know if this happens for you. Um, they'll give me one answer and until I just say it, they won't give me any more. Yes. They do that to me too. And then I always think, like, I get my head and I'm like, oh my gosh, but this answer sounds so awkward. I can't, I can't say this. And it'll be the same one every time because I'll keep asking over and over. And and my theory on that is I'm just the vessel. Mm. So until I say this, until I report, until I let it pass through me, they're not going to give me any more. So at times when I felt stopped up with my creativity or I've let my insecurities get in the way Mm. or my self-worth conversations, my question has always been, how do I get back to just like letting the art come out? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. And so, and then the other thing that comes up about this and creativity is, and I talked to, this was sort of the topic when I talked to Christina was, um, in order to be the conduit of the records or whatever we call it, it takes letting go. It takes Mm -hmm. surrender. It takes getting out of the way. And with art, in order to come to a clean canvas or life even, letting go of the future, letting go of the past and being here now. Mm. So, so, so this idea of surrender, I think applies to both being in the spiritual world and being in the creative world. It's how do I surrender all the things that are telling me no? Mm-hmm. How do I surrender all the doubts of, is this real? I'm looking at the air right now. How do I surrender the fact that people are telling me I can't do it. I'll never make money. I'll never, you know, people will never understand and get that shit out of the way. So, so those are my two things. And they're they're like being the vessel is also about surrender. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that so much. Um, because it makes me think about, when I start to like being the vessel, when I start to like analyze the insight that I'm getting, um, well, first thing I notice is like, I get a kind of crinkly forehead. Um, so that means I'm like, I'm processing it too much in my mind, but, um, basically there, but it's almost like my analyzing of it creates this resistance and then it's very hard for it to flow. And so in my mind, it's like, you know, the, the part of me that wants to analyze, like whatever the energy and insight is, it's like they have a battle until finally I realize, like you said, it's just like taking up too much time. And so then I'm like, okay, fine. Here you go. Like whatever it is. And I noticed that from my process, when I do the monthly messages, like I really like if, because it's so in the moment, you know, like I'm not going back and and editing and I can't like change anything. Like whatever comes is whatever comes. So you know, when I start to get in my head and like analyze it, I can like tell that I'm like getting a little bit like tense. And then eventually it's like, okay, I just have to let go. It's such an interesting receive, Cycle. let go. Um, is that the end of what you were yeah. saying? Cause I wanted to ask you what, what do you think that like, what causes you to analyze? Like when you start to analyze, what's the worry or what? Yeah. The worry is, is this going to make sense? Yeah. And what we learn as practitioners is 
that it's not supposed to make sense to us. Mm. Like when I'm teaching the students, you know, they get, they, sometimes they get so afraid to deliver because they are afraid of how they're going to be judged or if it's imperfect and they, they kind of get tripped up on it. And what I always say is like, you know, probably nine times out of 10, it's not going to make sense to you. It's going to make sense to the receivers of the transmission. Oh my gosh. How true. Like I'll say a sentence and and I'm like, fine, I guess I'll say this. And then I say it and the person's like, (gasps) um, the biggest lesson I ever learned was in a healing class with Gars Chan and, uh, Yusan Shin. Oh my, it's fine. Um, when they, well, and, and, and I was so resistant to, cause to start talking cause I didn't want to be wrong. I didn't want to, you know, say something weird. Yeah. And it was, I was getting a certification with them and, and, and they both implored me, just open your mouth and start talking. <laughs> um, and it was the best advice I ever got in terms mm-hmm. of any of this. Just open your mouth and start talking. Mm. Um, I had another question for you and then I, then I wanted to interject. Um, so, I asked you why you analyzed, and then I wanted to ask you, um, darn it. It was about creativity. You were saying, we were talking about creativity, and then you were saying that thing of when I start to analyze and then getting out of your own way. Mm -hmm. And I said, what makes you analyze? And then I wanted to, oh, this is what I want to ask you. When you're doing readings, do you ever have, um, because I was always taught this is not about me and get myself out of the way. And occasionally, I'll get a memory of my own in the reading. Mm. Do you ever have that where something from your yes. life will come in? Yes. So how have you resolved that? So I, I have my, my own thing. Yeah. But I want to see if it's similar so, to yours. So what's interesting is because I've asked about that in my records. Yeah. And what they say is it's not the reason like we're showing you this is because the themes and lessons you experienced with this situation are exactly what this person is going through. So you know how to communicate to them the best ways that they can support themselves through whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So it's always like, you know, <laughs> I know cause that just happened to me recently where I was like, Oh, I got to make sure that that's not me. And I'll check in with them. And they're like, Nope, we're just showing you this because of that reason. Yeah, that's the exact same answer I got, actually. And it's funny because I think as a beginning practitioner, I always was worried my own ego would get in the way. Yeah, I was really worried that I was going to give inaccurate information and then, like, you know, analyze it. And now it's not that that goes away. It's just when it when it comes up, I say, no, thank you or whatever. And then the deeper cut was once I stopped analyzing, once I start just started talking and I became... I was able to trust myself. Mm -hmm. Then occasionally I would have an experience like that. And so I think that that's the next for anyone who's starting out on their journey with all of this. The next part was, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe I'm getting that for a reason now. Because it's definitely, you know, I'm focused on this person. It's not about me. Um, And and it was just a trip when that started happening. Yeah, it's rare that those do happen. But I love that you brought that up because I think that is one of the biggest things that 
makes someone who starts working with non-physical energy feel like it's their ego or it's them. And then as a teacher, I say, no, it's because you experience that, that they're bringing that to your awareness so that you can help the person that you're helping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Learning the difference between ego and, yes. and whatever that inner voices or how, and however the records speak to, to you is definitely in that first part. I know. Speaking of ego, you, <laughs> <laughs> well, earlier you were saying that you had had an exploration of light and dark and mm -hmm. that you were musing on that. Yeah. So I was asking for, um, just like some insight into what Lily and I could talk about today. And prior to me asking, I was looking at the, so, um, so I created an Akashic Records practitioner handbook and the handbook is all the questions that my students have asked me. And then all the questions that I've asked in my records, like since being a practitioner and a teacher. So this handbook is basically a compilation of all of this. And there's a chapter inside the handbook called Dichotomy of the Worlds. And it's essentially um, light and dark. And light and dark is it makes up a whole. So I was looking at that chapter in the book because I'm, you know, it's being edited. And, um, and so then I was, so looked at that, whatever, closed it. And then I was working in my records and I was like, okay, so what should Lily and I talk about? And they were like, actually, this is the topic, or this is a suggestive topic that you guys can explore, which is the world of light and dark and what that means. So a lot of people have, um, you know, heard about shadow self, shadow work, um, you know, the, the light, like when we're working in the Akashic records, it's essentially, um, we we're very specific about accessing the light of the Akashic records, knowing very well that Akasha is light and dark, which makes it whole, but we're very deliberate about going to the light, light, the light, in my opinion, is what facilitates the healing, mm -hmm. the release. Yeah. So, I just want to throw, I don't know if that it's kind of, you know, it's not a structured question, but I just want to throw this idea of light and dark out into our convo and see if anything like comes to you about that. Hmm. There's a lot. I think, okay, two things come up in this moment. Yeah. One is, one is the concept that for many years, I thought that I needed to be healed in order to heal others. Um, and I dispelled that belief for my greater good and for the greater good of everyone else. Um, because I think we're all, even the, the Pope <laughs> or even whoever the highest healer, the most enlightened person is in the world. I truly believe there's always light and dark and the things that we've conquered as, as human beings will always come up. It's a matter mm -hmm. of mastering something as a matter of, okay, when that thing comes up, when that self doubt comes up and I'm giving a reading, I very quickly now can say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, and that without one, we don't have the other. And I was actually talking to someone this morning who told me that people are telling him he's a healer and he's starting to believe it. 
And we had this really profound conversation because I said the reason that you're a healer is because you've experienced trauma in your life. You've experienced pain and people have excluded you. And what makes Mm. us able to feel a lot of healers have experiences in their past where they've left their bodies, where they've had to learn how to leave their bodies so that they can cope. And the course of a healer's life, I believe, is you're born with gifts. You're a super sensitive and intuitive child. And then all this stuff happens. Mm -hmm. And then... Hmm something brings you back into discovering and processing the pain such that you can be your authentic self. But it's that pain, it's that darkness that allows us to relate to others. It's what allows us to be sensitized to the energies of the unseen. And so it's really about changing the interpretation of what the dark means. Yeah. And seeing it as an asset. Mm-hmm. And that's something I, I personally work on daily. Um, so, like you said, both energies are there. But it's not the dark is bad. I only want to live in the light. It's the light is so much sweeter because of the dark. Yeah. I love that. You know, they they gave me this perspective on it which to me was like so amazing. They, they were talking about the, um, the sun as like the light. And they were saying, um, sometimes you need to be in the shade to just have a break to like get a break from like, because the truth is, you know, we, it, it feels like it would be not impossible to like fully be in our light self, but because the planet is not fully in its light self, like the vibration would just be so incompatible with the collective. Like if it was light all the time, if it was light all the time, like, you know, if, if the planet was illuminated by the sun 24 hours a day, we would be exhausted. Nobody would rest. So it's like the darkness, you yeah. know, the night, it like, it get, yeah, it gives us an opportunity to like take a break, you know, go inward, um, self-care, heal, address the things that we need to look at. That's so beautiful. I know. That recharge. It's that idea 